0: Hi, welcome back to another edition of the Spy Bar Podcast. Uh, This week's interview is with Richard Franklin. Um, Richard is a PGA pro based out of Chicago in the USA, um, who has developed uh, his own game and app, uh, which is aimed at junior golfers Um, it's a really fascinating conversation interesting story richard someone who played golf his whole life uh, played good to collegiate and actually on the mini tours as well um, and was really driven to kind of the learning aspects of the game you can see this and it comes through in the interview he's clearly intellectual clearly enjoys all parts of the game whether it's the data driven and the emotional side of the game Um, and he sort of really rose through the ranks on the pga um, uh, coaches and and was really best well known for being a very techie coach he won the techiest new school instructor uh, back in 2014 by golf magazine Um, and uh, it was it's just an interesting conversation about how he moved from being very tech-orientated, track man, K-Vest, etc., um, to then being more interested about the emotional intelligence and really trying to help drive interest in golf, particularly amongst juniors, um, and really creating a game and an app, which he has done, which is Discover Golf. You can find that on uh, iOS or Android. His website is discovergolf.com. Uh, dot co, um, and just a fascinating conversation about his evolution as a coach um, and how he likes to focus more particularly when coaching and getting juniors interested in the game is yes it's about learning and developing their skills but it's also learning and developing them emotionally keeping them engaged and he talks about some of the games that he's created so this is an interesting podcast for me. I'm, I'm someone who is fascinated about learning. I have a seven-year-old who's getting into the game. So again, it, it appealed to me from that point of view. But also a lot of, I have a lot of friends who are coaches here in the UK who are working closely with juniors and thought this could be an interesting topic for them to listen to and understand so hopefully you get something from it I definitely got a lot from it from Richard Um, he is going to be over in Europe at the end of March so um, he does say at the back end of the podcast that he's going to be in London I think Paris Luxembourg and i believe germany as well if i remember rightly um but uh, you can find him on as i said discovergolf.co he's very accessible there and he's also got facebook uh, pages as well which he's happy to um, let coaches into to uh, share some of his material and details and i'll put that in the bio of this podcast but without further ado let's get into the podcast cheers for now So this week on the Spy Bar Podcast, we have Richard Franklin. Um, Richard was introduced to me by a mutual contact of ours, Cedric Denny, who was on uh, a couple of months ago now on the podcast, uh, someone that I should be uh, having a chat with with some interesting ideas about golfers how we can improve not just you me as the adult amateurs but also in the junior game and weighing up kind of using stats data etc and to what degree so I thought it'd be interesting to get Richard on the podcast and uh, he's thankfully um, sorted some time out of his busy diaries have a chat with me so appreciate you are uh, you hopping on Richard thanks yeah for, thanks thank, for thanks
1: so much for having me excited to do this
0: cool well let, let's let's first start by giving the listeners a little bit more of a An insight into you and your background so how did you get into golf just give us a bit of kind of a history as to how you got in and where we find you today
1: yeah so I'll I'll just give you the quick uh, sort of personal story and then sort of where we are as as a company so I'm a lifetime golfer lifetime athlete Um, played professionally for a couple years uh, bouncing around on the, the minor leagues of golf, if you will, Canadian tour and such. Um, was always a good player, junior, amateur, and like I said, uh, you know, reasonable success in the semi-professional ranks. And I uh, was fortunate enough to work with Mac um, O'Grady as well as many other uh, fine instructors, which sort of informed uh, a lot of how I teach today um for better or worse, I'll say that. Um, and that that'll you know that's that's maybe an interesting segue into um, sort of falling out of um, playing professionally into coaching, as so many coaches do. you know they come from a playing background and uh, you know realize they they have some value and some knowledge to share with other people that are trying to improve their game. And so taking, some of those concepts um, which I found uh, incomplete or incompatible with you know playing at the high level uh, I had not done a ton of research on um, sports psychology although I was I was dabbling in it at that time but just felt like my head was not in the right place post-lesson um, you know to go shoot 65 you know under the gun so w- was sort of grappling with those concepts and anyway, took it to the lesson T where you've got, um, you know, weekend golfers and a slice to fix to pay your rent. And now now, now you're really in it. And yeah. so um, anyway, that was immediately a, a, an interesting puzzle <laughs> to try to solve. Um, and then you push that forward. And now it's um, as most coaches do there, you're starting to work with kids. And then it was like, wow, I'm way off on on this, you know, so uh, I, I, I quickly sort of shifted around my focus with how I was teaching adults and then the kid, um, you know, the kids lessons were picking up. And I found that incredibly interesting um, in terms of how I was going to reformat uh, my approach. So. Anyway, this was sort of the same time that um, Golf Magazine in the states here did a, a little piece on me, calling me the techiest young instructor in the country. I was using eight sensor AMM. I was one of the first guys using FlightScope, um, Swing right. Catalyst, Sam PuttLab. So, anyway, this th- this was sort of the critical transition period for me. Yeah. Um, if if you, if you need me to, if you want to jump in, you yeah. feel free.
0: Yeah, I was going to say there's an interesting transition, isn't it? It's using going from the being, playing the game and then teaching the game and then being very tech heavy. Yep. And then you throw kids into the mix. Yeah, um, exactly. Because obviously kids these days, and I have a seven-year-old myself, I know she's very tech uh, driven, knows how to use iPads and all the rest of it when it comes to teaching something like golf. T- whilst tech is important, it's it's a very different concept to using technology at an early age just to gain their interest, right?
1: Absolutely. So, I mean, I th- I always sort of joke, I mean, it's sort of my Jerry Maguire moment where I, I woke up and I just felt like, you know what, I'm I'm really not happy um, with how, how I'm approaching coaching. And maybe that was the pivotal word going from, teaching to coaching, right? Because you you can unpack that uh, (laughs) a lot of different ways. And so getting into the the student side, I I was heavily influenced by um, a lot of the research coming out of the constraints-led approach. That really helped uh, format uh, my thinking, which was basically saying, look, it's a good thing that I can... um, basically take this dynamic system, right, which is the exchange between the human being and the environment, and reduce it to its parts, right? I can tell you about wrist angles, and I can tell you about, uh, you know, hip to trunk, you know, disassociations and pressure shifts and, you know, yada yada, And, and, and that's maybe a nice lens to have, but that is, again, a sort of reduced part, you know, to the to this bigger, more important system. Mm -hmm. And so I quickly realized it's it's not gonna hurt me, it's only gonna help me, but it's time to think more about um, shifting the environment in which the student skill emerges rather than explicitly (laughs) explaining what the solution is. And so you start seeing all these dovetails in that, okay, well, kids don't wanna listen to me anyway so that's, so this, so that's perfect, right, all the research suggests they should be in this kind of deliberate play environment, so like, okay, more playing, less listening to me, perfect, Uh, they're having more fun doing this, my program's growing, perfect, so it's like, you know, you you feel like you're killing, you know, three birds with one stone. You're doing it the right way per the research. Um, you're being really thoughtful about your environment setup. Everybody's having more fun. People are playing golf longer, and and that uh, that was the genesis of Discover Golf.
0: Yeah. And, and for the listeners out there, everyone, and there's a couple of points I definitely want to come back to there. But just just talk to us just briefly about what Discover Golf is now at this stage, what it looks like. And what yeah. About
1: so I don't know. Yeah. So, Discover Golf is um, it's a coaching methodology. It's a software solution. It's a physical uh, product line. Um, it's a education uh, track. So it's it's really a lot of things. It, it's I believe it to be a, um, a really strong sort of toolbox for a junior golf coach, somebody that's interested in, you know, being really effective in that space. So, uh, I do coaching workshops around the world and we talk about just exactly what, what I mentioned. Um, you know, the one thing I didn't mention was, um, the, the utter overwhelming importance of game design, uh, you know, as sort of the lens through which I see all of this now. Um, we are talking a little bit before about, you know, dynamical systems, and really when you study games, um, you know, they are systems, right? You you do something, and the sort of state space of the game uh, has rules, and then it conveys something back to you, you know? So the piece moves, and now you're in a privileged position, and now you get to do something different, and now your next action changes, so it's just like feedback loop, which I found find profound um, in its application for learning, um, and its ability to you know be a really good medium for uh, you know these training environments. So, uh, sh- long story short, I basically do game design uh, for constraint-based junior golf coaching, um, and then so taking all the best of uh, ten years of you know pretty rigorous study and application of those concepts and showing coaches um, some of the plus 500 games that I've made, um, how I use our application to deploy, you know, some of those concepts. And then now the physical line, which is um, pre-made games, call them training aids if you want to, but, um, you know, the the physical distillation of, of what we're doing. So that's that's Discover Golf in in 1 minute. Yeah. Cool.
0: And and did you are you aiming this at I suppose juniors who are just getting into golf or is it at all different levels where you can have kind of more experienced eight, juniors?
1: 8 8 to 14 okay. is 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 our target demo and and so we we frame that um, our physical training kit is called the Play Grind. Yeah. And so we say that uh, eight to 11 is your play stage and 12 to 14 is your increasingly sort of grind stage, you know, which, again, sort of meshes with the research on uh, deliberate play versus deliberate practice. Yeah. So, you know, we find that the all important continuum to get right. You've got a lot of coaches that that train in that age demo um, and oftentimes those kids will train together. Um, so, trying to parse out, um, you know, what you need as a, as a beginning nine year old versus what you need as a sort of graduating into more of a uh, a serious player at twelve, thirteen, fourteen. So, yeah. so trying to get that that right.
0: Yeah, it, it's interesting. It's always a fascinating topic, and uh, I, um, you know, again, be, being a dad and my my daughter being seven last year, she showed a bit of interest in golf um yeah, i'm very fortunate that the, the pro of my golf club is uh, one of the one of the lads there one of the pros there is very uh, junior focused mm. um and he's already setting up a really great program but it's really fascinating to getting that balance right isn't it of look th- this is a game that we should enjoy yeah um and that enjoyment factor is really important and and not making it because golf can be and i'm uh, half sensible amateur myself is that it can be an incredibly frustrating game but it is a game and so the the ultimate thing we should we should be enjoying it and i think if you introduce maybe competition or rules or the kind of more structured game of golf that i play as an adult in a at too young an age you you, you risk alienating or taking all the joy out of it um,
1: yeah i mean explain. that i mean that that that's a great point i mean there's so much there i mean w- when we do our design rubric with our new coaches, we talk about um, something we developed called the 4C matrix, which is what I'm trying to get right as I'm planning or staging these training environments is to figure out the community, collaboration, competition, conflict that sort of underpins the environment, right? So when you come in, do you immediately feel like you're part of a you know, of a bigger culture, right, of a, of a group of people that revere learning and trying hard and, you know, allowing other people to be in this kind of safe environment. Like yeah. to me, if you don't have that, or if that's not a mission statement for you, I don't see how you're ever going to have a, a, a real wellspring, you know, of, of junior development.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Right, so getting those big pieces right, and then figuring out, okay, how do they feel like they're collaborating with other people to a common goal, right? Again, and that might be, hey, you know, th- this gets into, you know, some of the, the literature that I've read that's really influenced me, this idea of the magic circle, Mm-hmm. which comes from a fairly obscure book called Homo Ludens uh, by Johan Huizenga, which if any coaches ever are looking for a um, an interesting book to read. I mean he talks about uh, you know within that magic circle is where really games are possible and that's this idea that you basically suspend reality um, you know to give into this idea that for for this moment uh, this point or um, this move or this situation matters, right, because it matters relative to the game that I'm playing and, and I give into this game space. Well, if you actually sort of break that down, I mean, that, that's like a, a a pretty deep psychological tenet, right, is that you would mm-hmm. say that, and, and to me, you almost need this psychological disposition to play golf, right, because think about how absurd the rules of golf are, right? From a 30,000 foot view, right? You've got this crooked stick and this tiny ball in this hole that's impossibly far away with obstacles everywhere you go. I mean, if if you don't have this kind of gameful attitude towards playing, how are you ever going to sustain yourself, you know, for a lifetime of playing? So again, it's just one of these kind of, I think, interesting things that I've I've learned from game scholarship that when I, when I apply that to my thinking about coaching, I just, it, it just, it floors me every time I talk about it because I, um, I, I realize the importance of it.
0: Yeah. It's, it is fascinating, isn't it? When you do look at it in that context and, and, and I think it did, we do get too far removed from the fact that it is a game. I think yep. we can't take it too seriously. And again, and you just, In the stage i am in in my life with my daughter and then coming across you and kind of looking a little bit more into discover golf and some of the other things that are out there it's just a a really interesting way of engaging kids and as you said there you know the the community aspect is is fundamental making sure we get the basics right collaboration teaching all the great skills that kids need for everyday life right so it's problem solving it's working together as a team at times it'll be working on your own to hit specific targets um you know so all, all these great sort of bigger life skills are taught in this wonderful game of golf and, and from the, the program that you've designed and different game designs you've got are teaching this but in a fun environment as opposed to kind of a forced this is how you have to learn a sport, which let's face it's quite a challenging sport to learn. Unbelievably so.
1: Yeah, I mean, and really in, in in your statement there, you've sort of, you're touching on what I think are two important things, but at the same time, two pitfalls of, of junior golf, which is you're talking about, okay, there's this skill development thing that mm-hmm. has to be addressed, and the parents are gonna demand that you demonstrate what you're doing to develop these skills, which is a whole can of worms that we can get into, but so there's that side of it. And then the other side is this idea of the, the kind of bigger life skills that you're learning. So you have this idea you know, the first T, I don't know if this is a thing in, in Europe, but you have the first T here in the States which has its heart in the right place, right? And I'm not here to, to, to knock anybody that's that's trying to make junior golf great. So uh, that's not that's not my my intention. But they have they have um, their mantle is very much these bigger skills that um, golf can can teach us, which is great. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that honesty and integrity, and of course, that's part and parcel to playing the game. That's why we all love it. But again. It's, it's, the, it's the paradox, right? Is the more that you explicitly try to explain to kids what they should be or what they are learning, the yeah. farther you get away from actually teaching those things.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Right? So when we set up a Discover Golf mission and it's this incredibly, um, I would say, interesting sort of choice landscape for them to make when this multiplayer environment with role play and, you know, the, against a the time constraint, yeah, you're teaching them what it is to be determined, persistent, but also a team player and communicating with not only the people that you know, but strangers. And yeah, I could then say, yeah, my program's about being persistent and being a team player and being a strong communicator but this almost the second that I say that I've almost violated my own magic circle with my kids right because now it's not a game it's a medium to serve my ends mm-hmm. and kids are very smart they know the difference they know the difference between this 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 tightly organized game space, right? This highly novel environment that's set up for nothing else but the pure joy of interact interacting with that sort of space, right? The second you tear those walls down and say, okay, kids, let me tell you about what we're learning today. And this, and this section is all about etiquette. And this is about how to hold that. They're like, well, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway um it's it, it's I find that um, it, it's obviously discussions that I have with junior coaches around the world is sort of trying to get all of the the, the pieces right strong community, strong skill development, learning about the bigger themes uh, you know of human development through golf, but doing it in a way that stays true to the principles again going back to game design so, anyway that that'll be the you know sort of the reoccurring theme you hear from me
0: yeah yeah and, and i mean it's obviously quite a different way of yeah there's lots of there's lots of uh junior golf programs that have been out there and uh, and all sorts but it, it, it's quite an innovative way of looking at it it's quite um oh, I spiritual is not the right word i can't find the right word i'm thinking but it's very much more sort of holistic coaching as well that just happens to have golfers as as maybe um the kind of the, the the forefront of it how how was what challenges have you faced i suppose from the wider golfing public or the wider golfing community because it it is relatively innovative and and having spoken to guys like like Jamie Donaldson who's the uh, one of the aimpoint guys and i know some of the challenges that he faced initially when aimpoint comes out and there's still a bit of resistance to to that sort of way just of reading greens for example have you encountered any of that resistance in, in trying to get your way through and, and Absolute, talk to you about some of absolutely
1: channels? so i mean it's it's funny that you know so the, the the growing sort of community around um the people the the parents the juniors the community that that has sprung up around our headquarters here in chicago is overwhelming you know we'll mm-hmm. do Four hundred plus juniors every single year, and it's j- just a known thing that that at this particular facility they do this particular kind of coaching, and it's something that the kids absolutely adore. And um, it's just it's it's grown into this um, you know this this known quality. You know, when I go outside, um, you know, of this immediate space, a lot of coaches again. You know, you hearing it kind of for the for the first or second time here, um, say, "Wow, that's different." Um, and they're maybe more used to. Uh, a lot of coaches these days are thinking strongly about, um, or I should say, carefully. Uh, again, demonstrating to the parents their their what they perceive as their value to them, right? Which yeah. is, um, you know. So and so has come in and I've taught them the grip and that grip's done. Great. Yeah, yeah. Now I've taught them the stance. Okay, great. And to prove it to you, I've given them a stance badge. Okay, great. Now they made a divot on the target side of the line five times in a row. So, okay, low point, conquered, done. Check it off the list. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. now I've taught them how to chip it into a circle three times in a row. And so now they're now they're level one. Yeah. Okay, so this is the narrative, right, is this very sort of like rote, explicit demonstration of skills in a uh, highly uncontextual environment uh, against a normative comparison. Right, so somebody in some boardroom years ago decided, yep, this is what level ones are, right, which is just a completely arbitrary benchmark. Okay, so the parent says, oh, brilliant, okay, cool, grip, that, that makes sense. I mean, golf's just, like, you know, super hard thing, and, you know, they should be teaching them, you know, the parts like that, and that's the fundamentals, right, fundamentals of golf. And so it's like, oh, like everyone's patting themselves on the back. Well, nobody stopped to say, like, hey, does the kid hate this? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, do they yeah. hate being your puppet, and every time they come in, They feel like they owe you some kind of demonstration of what you determine as, like, the fundamentals, which are just really nothing more than your preferences. Hmm. And so I just have this, like, burning... you know, feeling in my gut that like when when our kids come in, it's like here. And here's the thing: when I tell coaches, it's, it's not that I'm saying I let them do anything that they want. There's there, there's of course like a spectrum, and there's there, there's a there, there's a tolerance, right? If the kid's got the lobster grip and the thing's dead in his palm and it's 40 degrees shut, yeah, we're gonna have a discussion about the grip. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not gonna waste valuable time and energy into him having to prove to me that his grip satisfies my preference.
0: Yeah.
1: I'd set up an environment that would show him, right, that would that the game would mandate grips being changed around, right? And then because he is or she is buying into, hey, winning this game, right, or getting past this game obstacle is important. Yeah. Therefore, I'm going to give, you know, give it the the best I can. So I'm going to change all my grips around and all of a sudden she's going to she's going to see, "Whoa, when I hold it like this, the ball goes in the air." Yep. So, anyway, that that would be my approach. In fact, I think the reason that A lot of coaches don't necessarily go down that route right away is because it's in fact much harder right it's not that difficult to read a manual and to say right I got to do the grip checklist every coach that's worth their salt knows how to teach a grip and knows how to I mean you could teach a grip and how to stand to a ball yeah right so what's difficult is to create an environment that sort of organically allows the right grip for them to emerge so it's it's just getting back to this idea of environment design versus you know explicit um you know coaching style
0: yeah uh, and also i mean it's coming back to another point which is like you you can spoon feed ch- spoon feed children uh, juniors but but actually it's much more powerful if they solve a challenge or a problem or a game or whatever it is in front of them themselves i mean Granted, as you say, you create the environment for them to learn that. But once they once they've learned that for themselves, it's much more powerful than you just saying, stand here, do it like this, do that. It's uh, it's not
1: it's not just kids and it's not just golf. No, of course. I mean it's 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 fundamental to the human condition. It's like we all want to be autonomous. I mean it's self determination theory. It's not just good enough to be increasingly competent at whatever you want to be competent at. You have to feel like you have the agency to do it your way. Otherwise, fundamentally, it's not going to stick as something that you're highly motivated to do. Like We all agree that the, that the purest form of motivation is to do something, whatever it is, for the sake of doing the thing itself. Mm-hmm. Right? That you're not attaching some external outcome to the thing. Right, yeah. the pure joy of I'm putting, the, I'm slinging the clubs around my shoulder, and I'm gonna go hit balls, and I'm gonna go play golf, and it's not because I have to prove to somebody that I can hit a chip shot into a circle five times in a row. It's to do it because it's just a pure expression of myself in that moment. So, like, yeah. why why isn't that our north star as coaches? Is to get a person to that spot because when you get them there. You've done your job.
0: Yeah. So and so, why? I mean, just out of interest, why? Why do you think? Why do you think that's so hard for people to get across? I know. I mean, I I, I still personally struggle with it right now. I'm I, I'm married to somebody who's a mindset coach themselves, right? So, uh, this is why I really enjoyed our first conversation. This one yeah. here is that it's it's so important the kind of the mental state in terms of, you know, as I say, not not allowing outcomes and all the rest of it. What why? In coaching, and it, not just in in golf coaching here, but I suppose in all all sport, why don't we put more more effort into that?
1: Well, I think I think you start getting dangerously close to this realization, especially in in juniors, is that um, kids don't need us. Yeah. And that freaks a lot of people out. Yeah. In fact, the majority of times they would be better off without us. The research supports that. Every single PGA Tour player that I've ever talked to has said the same thing. And I always ask them the same question. I say, how did you get so good? And they inevitably say, I played golf a lot by myself or with my friends. Every single one. Nobody that I've ever interviewed has said, Well, it was because my coach took me through this very rigorous step-by-step process where I learned the grip and I learned how to stand next to it and then I got the silver badge and then I it's like that does not it does literally doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. I got good. My all of my buddies got good because we played a lot and adults left us alone because we didn't want to be bugged by them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have this sort of uneasy tension every time I teach that's like the probability is that I, I'm gonna do more harm than good. And now coaches are just freaked out by that statement. I say, just live with that and make, so so be so good, right? In the sense that, which, which again is this paradox is it's not by being like explicit coach guy it's by setting up an environment that is basically what they would do, right? If they were on the driving range and some kid says, okay, I bet I can hit it closer to that hole than you can. Yeah, yeah. And another kid says, hey, but let's, let's, let, we have to curve it right to left. Okay, cool. All right, now we got to try to hit that tree stump, right? That, that environment that's happening without us is the richest learning environment known to man. Yeah. So how do we recreate that? That's the goal.
0: Yeah. Simple as that, isn't it? When you really kind of, when you, when you boil it down, it can be as simple as that.
1: Right. So, but then you have to say like, okay, but we have to create rules that are fun, that don't feel contrived, that yeah. teach the kids like, okay, like you guys want to play this game and that's really cool, but you have no idea, right? How the setups influencing the trajectory you want so let me let me create a rule set, right? That that brings that environmental information to you, because it's just part of the game, right? Which is so. This is where the physical product set has come in. Is I've tried to create these these pre-made games, these kind of board games for golf, um, yeah. these kind of hitting apparatuses, and various constraints that do teach all of the concepts that we know to be important to playing good golf but just within the game context okay so that's uh, that's just that's just a big and that and that's and that's been hugely successful right because you you go from talking about the theory to coaches that are not being exposed to these ideas and it's like a lot of coaches say the same thing they're like wow that's really cool. I'd like to know more about it. I'm a little bit like scared that I'm not sure if I can do that. So now it's like, okay, well, don't worry about it because here's a hockey bag full of games that are done that are doing exactly what I, you know, what I'm espousing, right, which is creating this sort of, uh, you know, rich feedback area for kids. Yeah.
0: And, and how's that going so how's that been going for you because I know obviously you, you you've been growing you've been this is a, an idea you've been formulating over a number of years but you, you're obviously getting more and more out there how how is it going with those types of guys who are interested in it but a little bit scared and then obviously you you give them all the tools the equipment the, the physical tools and the software etc to get it done um, how's the feedback been since um since you've been doing that
1: yeah i I think um I think it's one of those things where once you do sort of cross the Rubicon and, and you see Discover Golf and you and you try it and you really try it and you're designing game spaces instead of you know you know whatever else you could be doing, you never go back. Yeah. You know, so the coaches that have you know that that have you know had the guts to, to try it, um, you know, are are super fans, right? And we have a thriving you know community. Um, it's, it's small, but it's, um, it's, it, it's, a passionate group of guys. You know, we've, we've got some guys in Europe, Patrizio Divari in, in Italy and, and Cedric, who you had on, uh, a couple months ago, um, and some others that, you know, believe in what we're doing, um, know the importance of it. Um, obviously a bunch of guys in the States. And so it's really nice having that core group now that's, um, uh, you know that's passionate about what we're doing, and you know I, I just obviously we hope we we can get more, but you know as long as um, you know as long as we've got people over there fighting a the good fight, I'm I'm thrilled.
0: Yeah, cool. And and I mean out of interest, in terms of I mean this is perhaps an interesting topic to talk around. You mentioned Cedric there, but yeah, also going back to your background, kind of being the the techiest uh, yeah, new yeah. school instructor at yeah. Golf Magazine. How at what point does data? And I suppose statistics and so on yep. come into it because it it does have to come in at some no, have to it comes in anyway it does. It does it it it's there you know there's trap and everything out there just talk to you about kind of your relationship with using I suppose in data in Discover Golf but also absolutely where where you see that's pertinent to bring it in into a learning cycle
1: absolutely general. no I mean that 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 that's a blockbuster question that's um, well so. I I would again go back to okay. So if we're if we're if we're fully behind this idea that you know a good game environment you know is key to good learning, then we accept that there's different kinds of player types, right? So you do have players that you know play. Um, massive multiplayer online games and they're part of their guilds and there's this, this this trove of statistics coming at them, right, which is basically they're managing their resources and they've got this many points and they're at this level and you know they, they have this stream of data coming into them and they love that, right? So by nature of what we know about why people play games and what games they play, we know that some people are going to be driven, to that kind of analysis, right? And so as as we identify kids that are, um, you know, analytical and, you know, find this kind of data to be stimulating, well, then I think nowadays it's so easy to offer that, right? You, yeah. You've got a product like Spider Golf, uh, you know, which is a, cl- a class leader, in my opinion, on Um, You know giving you the the a very rigorous statistical look at your game strokes gained in all of these different areas And so to be able to give that to to the right student Is is overwhelmingly positive. Yeah, so that so there's that side of it It's it's never a one-size-fits-all right, so it's Mm -hmm. always okay Well, who are you talking about now as far as just like a general philosophy on tech obviously? uh, you know I have an app so Um, there's a layer of technology on everything that we do Uh, it's very much kind of sitting in the background now Mm -hmm. Um, you know so all of the results that are happening in in Discover Golf so essentially when our kids come to a training session there's one to six metrics and it's sort of gamified results of the training day so chipping in putting in hitting shots to a designated area, making birdies, making milestones, right? Just these, these this sort of game vernacular that uh, encapsulates these quantifiable outcomes. Yeah. Well, the coach is sort of in this frictionless environment where they're uploading that data in real time and that's populating into each student's team account and it's showing up on the leaderboard and it's brilliant and it's easy and it's important. So if you wanna call that data, then that's data. If you want to yeah. call that technology, well, then that's how we use technology. Now, what we're finding increasingly interesting, um, and I've and I've been on this for, for a while, but sort of formalized is what's happening with uh, devices like the FlightScope Mevo. You have these, you know, pocket-sized radars. So, you know, for the coach, it's it's uh, you know it's affordable. You can have tons of them. <laughs> for the same cost, you know, as a as a big dog unit that's, you know, anywhere up in the $15,000 area. And what I find interesting is a lot of coaches look at that and say, "Well, it's not giving you club path and it's not giving all the, you know, all of the club data that that you think you would want." Well, we just released a game last week called Skyscraper and it has one parameter, and it's hang time. And okay. so the one number flashes up there and basically to move your piece along the board game uh, you do it by calculating your predicted hang time relative to this kind of increasingly chaotic environment where you have to move your club either very much outside in or inside out and so i'm really fascinated by you know the student quickly realizing that you know this is going to have to be a way inside out swing There's no way I'm getting this ball airborne for very long. I'll predict that my ball goes in the air for three seconds. Yeah. So, really, what are you calculating there? Path, face to path, dynamic loft, ball speed, club head speed, right? You get tons of numbers, right? Netting out just to hang time. And it's a super child friendly. Idea, right? That's also thematically relevant to the game. Yeah. <laughs> right. So uh th- that to me, that's that's how I'm using technology in a nutshell. Yeah.
0: And I think that's a, again another interesting point because different people take on statistics and data and information differently. So I, I for one, you know, I, I have a coach and I see him, and yeah, we use TrapMan once every few months because quite honestly i get lost with mm. you know path into out you're yeah. hitting up this much you're hitting down this much it's doing this it's doing that i'm very visual mm. so i can tell you immediately i know where i've hit the ball off the face and I therefore immediately know what shape it's going to do right i can i can manipulate the club face accordingly to do that but i i've learned that through myself sure um i don't know others would learn it through using trap and other data so i think again if for me the simplicity of as you say just doing that type of, uh, of hang time game and, right. and then manipulating the club face and manipulating path themselves or trying different things is themselves teaching them as opposed to a, almost a computer saying do this do that because it, it, you know when your game invariably then goes wrong when you're out on the course it, it, if you're taught by a computer then sometimes you might not have the feelings or you might not have learnt yourself about okay. Well, this is what I'm doing wrong, and so therefore I now need to do this. Um, you sometimes just have to grin and bear it because you look, you just haven't got the answers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, it's it's like anything, right? I mean, it, it's it's a wonderful thing that we live in this you know day and age where technology is so pervasive and you know so accurate and affordable, right, so it's accessible, so the, the, these are all great things, but like all things, just like social media and, and the like, is like, it can turn from, you know, being highly effective into something very toxic, I think, um, pretty quickly, you know, if you're running a small business, Facebook is a godsend, right, it can connect you with the entire world, But if you're spending, you know, half your natural-born existence checking in on Facebook, you're, you know, technology's playing you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of the same thing with, uh, you know, with golf. It's like you can check in with it, and it can give you some very, very important, vital statistics that... No matter how strong your sensibility, of the club is. No, str- you know how trained your coach's eye is. You know that driver's spinning less by 500 revs than the other one, and and you're going to get eight yards, and that eight yards is going to take one club off your approach, and that club's going to give you you know eight feet closer to the hole, and so now now you shoot you know 74 instead of 76, yeah, and so that was like. A huge net out effect, but if you sit there and you're trying to bang out an 80 on TrackMan Combine all day, and you're neglecting, as you say, this sort of like just adaptive quality, which is to play golf in this sort of again ever changing landscape of variability. Yeah. Now then, then you've gone backwards.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So
1: absolutely. it's it's a fascinating a fascinating puzzle which is you know it's it's a microcosm of the the times we live in now is how do you harness technology and uh not get played by it
0: yeah absolutely and and it's as you say it's so prevalent and it's becoming more and more prevalent in our game and it, even that we talked about spider golf a couple of times i i use it i love that app mm, but i brilliant. have realized that if i use it during a round yep it, it impacts my game more than i should let it so mm. I now I just I make a note on my scorecard always of kind of a distance and so on from from the hole and then I input it at the end because I, if I if I'm inputting it as I'm going round I start I start hmm. thinking too much yeah, about yeah. The score and everything else. Yeah, exactly. So it's, quite, it's quite interesting how even something as cool as that can yeah this is just using my own personal experience here it can impact and actually when i just go out and as you said earlier on just go out and golf yep and try not to really think about too much my scoring is so much better yeah it has been um the times i've always played well is kind of where i've been sort of a bit loose bit free um just just going out and enjoy it so it's uh absolutely fascinating yeah fascinating topic yeah um and so, well, look, I, I, I'm aware. I've got, I, I've kept you I've kept you for a little while here, uh, Richard. <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah, cool. So, let, let, what's next? What's next for you? I mean, obviously, you, you you're growing this out. Just how how could people find you? Would you know what, yeah. what's next for for you in discover golf?
1: Well, so. Um If this airs in time um, i will be in europe actually at the end of the month so i've got an event in luxembourg coming up at the end of the month and then i'm going to be in london on april 1st Uh, i'll be bouncing around some places in italy again end of the month as well and so you know you can always check in at discovergolf.co um The workshop schedules up there. Um, I do online events as well. So if you're interested, just in kind of um, digging into the theory and getting some of our um, our game design templates and workflows and programming concepts, that's where you'd go. Um, same place for ideas on ideas and information on our physical coaching set. We'll be selling that now through a couple different uh, avenues online, which is exciting. Um, and then you can always download Discover Golf app on Android and iOS. Um, so that's a good place. And then if you're interested in kind of getting into, you know, it's again one of those things. I I have to sort of pick my battles with social media. I wish I could. I wish I could do Twitter and Instagram and you know all the rest. But um, I don't have enough time or desire to do that. So I I focus primarily on a Facebook group called yeah. Discover Golf. Uh, coaches Game Design Forum. So, if you want to search for that group, um, I I let in all coaches that uh, that wanted to close group, but happy to let you in. And uh, I post about two or three times a day on on that group, and that that's where I um, that's where I talk game design for golf. Cool,
0: cool. Well, look, I mean, I think uh, again, so- social media is wonderful, but it is time consuming. As you, as I know, you and I spoke about last time mm-hmm. when we. <laughs> Uh, when we chatted all you need now richard is just a few more disciples discover golf disciples and hopefully one or two of them will uh,
1: pick up that mantle for you yeah it's it's certainly nice to have some people out there spreading the good word so it uh, it takes some of the burden off me but uh anyway my, my my number one goal is to um every single day i think about the you know, the, the 10-year-old that I'm going to be training later that day and thinking, you know, if I can make a great experience for her, then I can help other coaches do the same. And then that sort of, you know, that feedback loop will just, you know, feed on itself and and we'll win at the end of the day. If we're student first, which is our motto, um, you know, I feel like we'll always have a good compass. So, you know, I, I can... I can only focus on the student, and then you know you you, you hope coaches sort of
0: embrace that concept. Yeah. Well, that, that's uh, that's a pretty cool motto to have, and I think it's um, one that a lot of a lot would do well to uh, to take that on board. So, look, I really really do appreciate the time. And no, I appreciate I you having sure
1: me on. Thank you so much.
0: Uh, hey, you know you're you're welcome, and I'll make sure this uh, this gets out before you're over in Europe. Okay, so great. Anybody can uh, can get in touch. Great. So cheers. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks so much.